My name's Sarah Frick, and you're listening to Are You For Real? A podcast all about being real. Like, really real, not just cute Instagram real. Like, real. Welcome back to Are You For Real with Sarah Frick. I am so excited to talk to you guys today. Um, I actually was, last night I was like, I just had this feeling and I was like, I texted Lindsay, my wonderful producer, and I was like, I want to talk to the people. I want to talk. I just, this year has been wild for everybody for so many different reasons. Like what a perfect storm, right? Um, and I just had this like nostalgic feeling and this this Christmas story that I wanted to share with everyone and and just to check in and and just give some thanks and gratitude around and also to acknowledge like this year's been really hard um and I think we all know that and I think and there's many outlets that are being appreciative of that whether you're on a social media or watching the news or just talking to your neighbors like everyone's like man <laughs> like I feel like as a community as a as a whole as a world we're all in this collective like man. Um, and you know, before I, I dive into that, I, I, I'm so appreciative, um, of the year for me in a sense that, you know, my business was able to stay open. My children and John and I were able to stay healthy. Um, most of the people in my life as well were healthy. And, and though I heard some, some really terribly sad stories. So I, I think about like everybody that's going through that. So many people that are maybe experiencing a first Christmas without a loved one or without a job or, you know, without Christmas presents or whatever the circumstance may be. And, and it's just started to make me think even more about like my, my, one of my favorite precious Christmas stories, which I've, I've shared before, um, kind of in the backdrop of my grace story, but the story of having Waylon. So I'm going to tell you guys a story and then I'm going to talk more because, you know, I like to talk. I like to talk to a wall. Let me stretch my arms a little bit. Hold on. Let me just like crack my neck. Okay. So, um, as many of you know, and I'll just give a quick recap, but we lost Grace, um, our daughter who was born. She lived for three days. We didn't, it was very unexpected. So it was very traumatic. She passed away, uh, May in May. And as soon as she passed away, we found out that I was a genetic carrier for something that could happen again, possibly, but also not. So we were urged, you know what, ha- you can try to have another baby. And anyone that's lost a child knows you're never looking to replace the child, but all you want is a baby, like, especially as a woman, like, sci- like my body, like I say science and the fact that I was lactating, I was, my body was just craving this like connection. Now that I have my three healthy children, the first thing they do is they put the baby on you because that baby's been inside of you. So we were robbed of that whole experience. And, um, so we decided right after we had grace, after, after we lost grace to, um, get pregnant again. And we got pregnant in October. She was born in May. We got pregnant in October. And there was a test that we could do that we didn't do with Grace because it, there was actually no, no need to do it with her. We didn't know um, that we could do it 11 weeks. It's called a CVS test. I'm sure some of you are familiar. They go in, they take some, I don't even know what they take, something from the placenta, I believe. And they can test the specific gene. And they did the test. And the test came back that the baby was very sick. They tested the the baby's placenta, I believe, and the results came back. The baby was sick. 
And um, so there was two options. One option one was to carry the baby as long as the baby would live um, inside of me or outside of me, but there was no, the baby would not have any quality of life, nor would it probably live very long outside of my body. Um, And the other option was to terminate the pregnancy, which as I've stated many, many, many times, I am totally, you know, pro-choice. You do you. I have you, every, woman's body is a woman's body. All my body wanted was a baby. So it was a very fucked up time in my brain and a really dark time because John and I have been like, all right, well, we got pregnant again. And John, God bless him. He is like, he really is my glass half full. And he was like, there's no way it's going to happen to us twice. And in my heart, in my heart, and I'm sure so many women that have experienced this and mothers too, you just like have this instinct. And I knew for some reason that pregnancy was not our pregnancy. So anyway, fast forward a little bit, you have to wait till about 11, 12 weeks. So now we're at December, right around Christmas. And, um, we went to the CVS test. Like I said, baby was sick. We had to terminate the pregnancy. And that was the year I was like, we are not doing Christmas. Like I am done with, I'm done. I'm done. And, and I have a relationship with God and whether you talk to the universe, a tree, Buddha, whoever, like I have faith. And I was like, I don't know what I did to you, dude, but like, we are not, we are not friends right now. And so I've said this before, but John and I decided to cancel Christmas. We flew out to Vail. Uh, Some buddies of ours have a place out there. John skied. I drank heavily. And we came back and decided that we were going to do IVF because there was a much better chance of selecting healthy embryos that way. So we got pregnant right around Easter. And there was many scares throughout that pregnancy. Um, I... When I first got pregnant with Waylon, they I went in to get a heartbeat at about six weeks, which is pretty early, but it's, that's what they do with IVF. They track you. And the, the doctor told me, he was like, there's no heartbeat. And I was like, oh my gosh, are you freaking kidding me? Here we are again. And so my stepmother, Kay, who is now deceased as well, but was is an amazing was an amazing woman in my life. She flew in town from Boston because I was like, I'm going to have to have another DNC or a termination. I need some support. Can you come? She was like, I'll be on the next flight. I'm there. So she came and I was, at this point, I was so done. I was just done, done. And I was in a numbing phase. And I was like, we're going out for dinner. We're going out for brunch. We're going to a bar. I don't care what we do. Like we are going and I don't want this week. I don't care about this weekend. We're literally going to just drink. (laughs) And um, we went, before you have a DNC, they have to do an ultrasound. So we went in the following Monday, and they did an ultrasound. And the doctor was like, oh, my gosh, there's his heartbeat. (laughs) And I was like, oh, my God, my baby's drunk. (laughs) Don't judge me, okay? (laughs) But, because he's fine, and he was okay. Another scare that we had was right after we got all of the genetics done, um, I, this is a little bit graphic, but I was driving to work at the time and I was doing a teacher training, a yoga teacher training. And I stood up out of my car and I was like, oh my God, did I pee my pants? And I put my hand on my leg and it was blood. And I was just totally like hemorrhaging everywhere. And so I freaked out, called my midwife. She was like, go get an ultrasound. I went there. They were like, you need to sit in the lobby. And I was like, I had a, like a towel wrapped around me. I was like, I can't sit or there's going to be blood everywhere. So they put me in this room you know, the paper that they put on the beds, I sat down and there was an actual blood butt print. I mean, that we're talking like heavy. This is not like just a little, a little schmear. And they put me on the ultrasound and there was a mass growing in my uterus. And the fear was that this mass was going to grow over the 
actual embryo that was growing. <laughs> so we got through that hurdle. Okay. Got through that. And around December, I started to be able to like exhale. So now we're in December, 2013. And I'm like, we're going to do this. This baby's coming. I'm so excited. Um, and we got to maybe like right after Thanksgiving and they were like, you know, you should probably relax. Your blood pressure is really high. I didn't do that very well. So I went in to see the doctor on December 6th and she was like, you need to go to the emergency room. Or she said, you need to go to the, to the hospital. You're, ha- you're going to have this baby today. Like your blood pressure is too high. So I was actually really excited because I was like, okay, we're going to have this baby. But at the same time in my mind for anyone that's lost a child or had another situation where you're now trying to redo it again, you don't fully believe it. And I was like, before I go, I have got to get something to eat. She was like, don't eat. (laughs) I was like, I have to eat. And so of course I tried to go to Chick-fil-A. The line was too long. So I ended up going to Arby's. That was my last meal and ate the curly fries and it was delish. And then (laughs) I went to the hospital and my midwife, John and I were there and I won't go through my whole labor, but it was amazing. And Waylon was born at about 11.43 p.m. And they put him on my chest and it was like my, my Christmas miracle. It was, I got to exhale for the, I mean, I can't explain it to y'all, but I know some people can understand whatever your situation is. It was like reprieve. It was, it was, it was like this hope that had been building in me for so long. And they put this baby on my chest and every part of my body got to relax you know, I don't think John and I even realized the stress and the trauma that we had been living. I think I probably realized it more than John because he's, he's more of a mover through her and I'm more of a like sit and deal and like roll around in the shit. Um, but I remember when we got home, John, I, I literally thought John had taken drugs. <laughs> he was so happy. He was like elated. Like I remember I was laying in our bed at the time we had gotten Waylon home and John was like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to get a grill and I'm going to do, cause it was Christmas. He was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to fry a turkey. I'm going to make a da da da. And he was like, he was just so happy. And I was like, I looked at him without saying anything. I was like, man, this guy has been suffering like so hard. And he's so happy to be a dad to this baby. And he, without telling me along the way, he probably was scared. It wasn't ever going to happen either. And, um, you know, so I share this with you guys because like I said, I was driving yesterday and had this like nostalgic moment, but I think that we're all like as a world and as a community, like maybe living in a place that doesn't feel so hopeful. And, and I know that there is a lot of pain. Do not, do not get me wrong. I know there is a lot happening, but I, I also know what it does feel like to be at the bottom of the barrel and to have it go the other way. Um, And so I think like if you're going through it right now and you don't see another way out, you have to keep going. I remember when John and I first lost Grace and I just could not get my shit together. I was just a mess, a mess. And I, he was, he was going back to work and I was like, how do you do that? How do you get up? How do you function? And he was like, Sarah, when we lost Grace, we didn't jump off the bridge. So every day we have to put one foot in front of the other and just keep going. And in that process of just keep going, things do happen. Life moves forward. And, you know, things, I don't want to say things fall in your lap, but I do believe that the right things come through. And I look at Waylon. I mean, Waylon is, first of all, like the calmest person in my life. 
he was a gift, <laughs> a gift from God to John and I. And he he grounds us all. He grounds our family. And he's just like this beautiful, he's my little Christmas miracle. And anytime I'm going through something that's really challenging, I'm not saying that I like look at Waylon and all of a sudden I see like birds singing and dancing, but I look at him and I'm like, okay, okay, we've, we've been here. We've done this and, and we're going to do it again. And I'm also a big believer in like laying on the floor and like feeling too. I'm not saying like, buck up, buddy. Like, let's get up and go, you know, rock 2021. Like in no way am I saying that I'm saying, you know, feel it, heal it and then deal with it. And then know that there is other sides. And, and I do think that as we, as we live life, like we've all seen, you know, one side and then the other side. And I think sometimes when we're in it, I know for me personally, I'm like, is there going to be a way out? And all I'm telling you from my experience is there is, there is another side and it doesn't necessarily, none of my other sides have ever looked like the sides that I've planned. So I've actually stopped kind of playing the planning game a little bit. Like people are always like, what's your, you know, what's your business plan? Why are you, know, you're pretty laid back about this business thing or this or that. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's not that I'm dumb about it, but at the same time, like things roll, they really do. And sometimes they don't, sometimes you roll the dice and it's not what you want. And sometimes you roll the dice and it's way better than you think it's going to be. And, um, I, I'm a, I'm a pretty creative person. I think I was actually talking to my therapist yesterday and she was like, so where, like, what's going on right now with you? And I told her, I was like, I'm kind of scared of you. (laughs) She was like, why I like love this woman. Like I'm fucking terrified of her, but I also like, she's like, keeps my attention. And I was like, because I'm scared, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the answer wrong. And she was like, well, let's explore that. Like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, I was a terrible student. Like I really was. And sometimes I have like imposter syndrome. Like all of a sudden I'm going to, people are going to be like, oh, Sarah doesn't really know what she's doing or really know what she's talking about. And she looked at me like deadpan and she was like, okay, you and everyone else in the world. So go ahead and digest that, you know? And she was like, you're a creative thinker. And a lot of times creative thinkers aren't nourished in school systems. I know I'm like veering all the way off to the other side, but here's the ADD. Um, I'll come back. And so she was like, so your process probably comes to you like, like in the back of your brain. And all of a sudden it's pushed out. I was like, I don't plan sometimes what I'm going to say or how I'm going to teach or how I'm going to act in situations. And it just like happens organically. And, um, she was like, yeah, and that's how your process is. And I think a lot of times that's how, how life is, you know, it's, it's, we want certain things. I'm going to get married. I'm going to have the white picket fence. I'm going to have three, three kids, 2.5 bathrooms. We're going to make this much money by this time. And then life happens. And it's like, no. And I guess I kind of, want to ask like, who told us this? You know, I I mean, I'm tangenting now, but like, why do I need to be a size four? And why do I have to do it that way? Like, why do I have to put in as a mother? Like, why do I have to work part-time for my kids to be seen, heard, and loved? Like I can work full-time and my kids be seen, heard, and loved, right? I can lose a baby and still go on to have other babies. You can lose the job that you thought was so damn good and get another job that maybe isn't your favorite in the meantime, but let me tell you on the other side of it, if you keep pushing and you keep believing, I know good things happen. I've seen it. I've seen it in my life and my job affords me a front row seat to see it in so many other people's lives. I've seen people change careers, get sober, divorced, remarried, find love, find their sexuality, whatever it is. So I think this is an opportunity 
maybe not the opportunity that we all want, but in the center of this chaos, like what if we all came out of it, like just totally real, <laughs> like just raised our hand, threw out the jeans that didn't fit, said to the people that weren't necessary in our lives anymore, hey, thank you, but no thank you. And and just like held our chin up and as like a freaking community and as a country just kept going forward. You know, maybe I'm naive, but I do believe for the most part, we're all doing the best we can. So I hope you guys have an amazing, amazing holiday, whether you are Zooming your family opening presents, whether there aren't any presents, because we all know that it is about being present versus the presence. So like being connected into the moment. Um, Maybe you're working. I have many friends who are healthcare workers. Thank you guys that are working on Christmas. So I hope that you have a lovely day. And even if it's hard that you can relish in just the actual feeling and being present to maybe that pain um, and know that next year will be different. So love you guys so much. See you in 2021. 